What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash Preacher Boys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. We talk a ton about the value of therapy on the Preacher Boys podcast. And while I know that there is a lot of stigma that we may still be shaking off from our respective religious backgrounds, I think that the merits of therapy and the science behind therapy are things that can't be ignored. It's important to talk with professionals and get the tools you need to start beginning your healing from trauma. And one of the most common questions that I've gotten within the Preacher Boys discussion group and through the email and all the different channels that people can reach me through is, 
Eric, how do I find a therapist? I want to start unpacking this trauma. I want to start addressing these issues. How do I go about even finding a therapist in the first place? And a few months ago, I sat down and hosted a free live webinar with Claire Horner. She is from Atlanta. She's an amazing, amazing, amazing religious trauma therapist. And I've spoken with her many times. I consider her a good friend. And we did a conversation where she talked about how you can go about finding your therapist. This is a 100% practical episode that's going to take you everywhere from how to start looking for them, where to look in the first place, to how to vet your therapist to see if they're a good fit for you. I want to go ahead and take this episode that we did as a webinar and turn it into a podcast episode so you guys can listen, get this really helpful practical information, and begin your therapy journey today. Be sure to head to the link in the show notes if you want to connect with uh, Claire herself and ask any questions based on this episode. I know that it's going to be really, really helpful to you. Thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy today's show. All right, everybody, if you're watching on the replay or joining in the live, I'm sitting down with Claire Horner. Uh, she's the creator of Atlanta Shrink, and uh, she's been on the show before kind of diving into uh, religious trauma. Um, really needed topic and something that I think uh, anyone who connects with the Preacher Boys podcast can relate to um, the need for in some way. Um, but I wanted to really just bring you on to talk specifically about therapy. Um, I, I know I mentioned to you, um, there's a lot of uh, trepidation, I think. And, and sometimes the idea of just going into a therapy situation can feel as traumatizing or terrifying as the kind of abuse or, or trauma that we experience to make us want to go to therapy in the first place. So uh, before we dive into that, can you just give a little bit of context about uh, who you are, what you do, and kind of uh, what your background is here? Yeah, sure. So Claire Horner, I'm a licensed professional counselor. It's what the license is here in Georgia. And I am in Atlanta, ATL Shrink. And I've been practicing for 18 years and specializing in sexual trauma specifically um, and relationships and within sexual trauma, specifically with clergy as perpetrators and in, in the context of church, kind of big C. And um, I came through a fundamental church upbringing, not through the IFB, but in in a situation where I can understand a lot of what's being discussed in the in the in the group. And, you know, when we connected and started talking, it, you know, there's a lot of resonance. And so um so yeah, so that's why I'm that's why I'm here. Wanted to we've been talking on and off for months about, you know, wow. and watching I've been watching, you know, the chats and um, conversations and, you know, a lot of people are in therapy and a lot of people have questions about it. Some people have had a bad experiences with it. Yeah. And, you know, like we were, I was just saying a few minutes ago, you know, people are, I feel like y'all are needing a lot of different levels. Some people have basic questions on how to get started. Some people have like, what is this type of therapy? Other people have, how do I handle this situation and don't know that maybe that's something that therapists do. Right. Yeah. So let's just first start with kind of a, a basic question and, and I'm, I'm not sure how you'll answer this, but uh, <laughs> when we're, when we're talking about, you know, therapy, what do you, th do you think therapy is something uh, that everybody across the board 
should be interested in, should be looking into, um, or is it something that is specialized where someone who has certain experiences should consider therapy, someone who's had certain life experiences, it would be beneficial for, uh, what's kind of your, your angle there? I think you probably know, I'm probably going to say everybody should be in some right. sort, but I, but I, I do want to clarify that because I think there's, there's different approaches. And so like, I, I clarify even between counseling and therapy, not everybody does, hmm. but I think of counseling more as like skills and learning specific things about yourself and that kind of thing. Therapy tends to say, how did I get here? Hmm. And the healing part of, you know, I know a lot of, I know a lot of stuff about the thing, you know, about right. whatever the, the topic is, but experientially I can't get the two to come together. Right. And so therapy is a really good place to, to build on the relationship with that person, with that therapist. And in that process, it, it helps to unlock some of that. Right. Um, so for a lot of people, you know, they, they talk about the, the fear of going to therapy and like, I don't know that I'm ready for it. I don't know if I'm ready to have the conversation. Um, it seems like it's, it's easier to not talk about it right now or to process it on my own. Um, do you think there's some prep work people can do before going to therapy? That's going to make it less of a traumatic or maybe frightening experience for them going into it. Absolutely. And I think the approach is super important. Like one of the things I've started talking about lately is like, don't trust your therapist until you trust your therapist. Like you don't have to start a relationship with this professional that you've never met before, this human being that you've never met before, even though you've hired them, you want to start slow. Right Now they, there may be some things that they need to know in order to get for y'all to get moving. Right. But, you know, being able to say, I'm not ready to talk about that, or this is the thing that's in my face right now. Hmm. You know, sometimes the therapist is, we're, we're usually looking for that. Like, where is a good starting point? How hmm. do we help you build the trust with us? Right. And so it's not so much a, let me climb to the top of the high dive and jump in, you know, from the highest, highest, you know, it's, you know, what's your name? And, you know, but also we don't, we also don't want to drag it out because we have such a reputation of like, what am I going to be here for years? Right, right. So um, kind of starting from ground zero. So someone's sitting here, they recognize the need for, um, therapy they, they you went through some of the value that it can add and w- and what the purpose is versus counseling or, or some of the other uh, things that get thrown out um, so if someone's sitting here and saying I want to get started but I have no idea where to like I- I've told you like what do you do you grab a phone book and you flip to you know the T section and look up therapists you know um, what do you think is the best process to start going through that that kind of journey and trying to locate someone who would be a good fit? Well, one thing that can be good is having conversations with people that you trust that may already be in therapy and just get a sense from them. Like, how did you get started? How was it for you? Um, What positive experiences have you had? What negative ones? In terms of resources, you know, there are the organizations that therapists are a part of can be good places to kind of poke around. 
like, for instance, NAMI, which is the National Association of Mental Illness. So poking around the NAMI website, and I think it's, I think it's actually .org. So poking around the NAMI website. Is that N-A-M-I? N-A-M-I. Okay. And they, a lot of those types of websites also like the Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist Association, you know, that's another license is LMFT. So you might go to their organization and look at their website. A lot of these websites have what we call therapist locators. And so you can put in your, um, your zip code and just poke around, re just start, don't have any level of commitment to finding someone. You're just in research mode. You're not making any kind of commitment. And that's the best kind of, I believe the best kind of attitude to have something, a third one I'll mention, and we can, I can give you some more, but a third one might be psychology today. So psychology today is a website where a lot of us have profiles and then there's a link to our websites. So you can start reading profiles, getting a sense of how therapists talk. And then like on that website, you can look at your zip code plus an area of interest like trauma. You can look at whether the person speaks another language, what insurance panels they're on. You know, you can select these different things and create your own kind of profile of what you're looking for. Now, you might put too many things on the list and end up with three people. <laughs> yeah, so that that's something curious to, to focus in on. And, and this is something that gets brought up a lot in the questions in the group is, um, you know, there's a lot of different types of therapists, you know. So you, you've got obviously the things that you're expecting, the things that you're hoping to accomplish. Um, but is it safe to say that even some qualified therapists aren't qualified for every situation? Uh, and can you kind of break down some of those, those different categories and like how people know? Cause like some people might not know, is it a trauma therapist I'm going to, is it a, is it a, is it a counselor? Is it a marriage therapist? Is it, you know, like who's the person that we're going to be speaking with to kind of address these topics? Well, let me speak to titles for a second. So you have things like specific licenses, like I'm a licensed professional counselor. That's what the Georgia license is. A lot of states have the same license. Other states might have um, licensed mental health counselor. Same thing. You might have um, licensed clinical social worker. They do very similar things. You might have a clinical psychologist. You might have a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now they're going to specialize more in relation, you know, in the, in couples and families and relationships like father, daughter, things like that. So, so that's, that's one thing is that there's a lot of titles that do very similar work. Then you might have, then there's what we call populations. I don't work with children or teens anymore. I only work with adults. So there's a distinction. Um, some people only work with the elderly. Some people have a style that, you know, they might call eclectic and that they approach things depending on how the person, what the person needs. Hmm. Or they might have what we call a theoretical orientation. So I work from a theoretical orientation called psychodynamic 
or mm -hmm. object relations, just okay. throwing some words out. And so people might work from a certain perspective. Right. So that can be um, useful. I think that my theoretical approach is part of why I'm good at working with trauma because yep. it's about the relationship. Right. And when you say theoretical approach, can you define that a little bit and kind of unpack that? Yeah. It's like, you know, who are the old people <laughs> back, you know, back in the day, the psychologists or the theor theoretical people, Freud and, you know, Maslow and Erickson and all these people, you might see some names when you're reading someone's profile and right. it might, it might, there might be some words in there like psychoanalytic or, right cognitive behavioral therapy hmm. where the the where they're coming from is a certain theory of thought hmm. about how the work is to be done sure what the role of emotions is what the role of thoughts are what the role of the past is okay so that's um, why we can we can dive deep into all <laughs> yeah no i know and i i sat in on a, a call with you and some other people who who do therapy work and i was like Oh, I don't know much about any of this because all of this is just a foreign language to me. Um, so yeah, no, we could definitely dive deep into it. But um, you, you mentioned, like, obviously, um, nami.org. Uh, you mentioned psych uh, psychology today. Uh, so when you're assembling this list, when you're sitting down with somebody and you're, you're talking with a therapist, um, what are some good questions to ask to kind of see if you can build that trust to know if they're going to be helpful to you. I know the number one thing that you always say is ask them if they go to therapy. Uh, can you expand <laughs> on that and just maybe give a couple other qualifying questions just to ask right in that first meeting? Well, I think your questions are also going to come from spending a little bit of time, maybe jotting down what it is that you want different to be going on in your life after this therapy. Like, how will you know it's working? And that can inform you about how to tell them what you're looking for. And again, that would be a really good conversation for us to have is how to, how to do that, how to sort through that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you do um, that? I mean, that's a good time. This is a good time, I think, to kind of break okay. that down is like, how do you even know? Because I think some people, obviously, it's not going to flip a magic switch that makes everything perfect after that first meeting. It's not going to be a one and done treatment. So uh, can you talk about just gauging those expectations and then knowing like what to expect or, or, you know, what's okay to expect from a, a therapy appointment? Um, those that's, that's several things. <laughs> well, let, let's say first off, let's, let's just go in the direction of, of knowing what to expect, like, like knowing how to gauge your expectations appropriately uh, when going into a, into a appointment. Okay. Well, a lot of therapists are going to help you address what is currently like in your face is what mm. I call it. Like, what are the symptoms? There's going to be, I mean, we call them symptoms. Symptoms are things that are happening in your life that you don't want to be happening in your life. Mm. You, you want to be able to sleep. You want to be able to sleep without night terrors. Mm. You want to be able to walk into a grocery store and not have a panic attack. You want to be, you know, it, it's usually around, you know, what are you, what are you doing, thinking, struggling, you know, what are you struggling with? Right. And, you know, I want this to not be happening or right. I want to be able to have this conversation with my mother or my boss. Right. 
Um, so there's going to be things that you might feel like this, I can try, we can try out this relationship by addressing this thing, this symptom in my life that doesn't feel as big as like that trauma stuff. Right. Or that big thing that happened that I'm not ready to talk about yet. Sure. So expectation wise, I would say go in with the idea that you want to work on something smaller Hmm. so that you can, that's part of how you're going to build the trust and you're going to see, you're going to feel that therapist out. A lot of people feel me out in five minutes. A lot of people feel me out on my voicemail when they call, you know, um, and, you know, can I talk to this person? You know, what kind of questions am I going to ask? How are you going to feel? Do I give you the, the space to say, no, I'm not going to answer that? Yeah. Do I tell you that? You know, so um, having some expectation that you'll be, I call it, hold your hand and kick your butt. <laughs> you know, like right. that's, that's my style. But yeah. we have to build that. Right. So having some expectation that's going to take some time to do that. It doesn't have to take forever. Right. But also that you can speak to that. You can say from the from the beginning, I don't know much about this. And mm. just like anything new, I got to get in here and have some conversations and get three sessions in and be able to say, okay, I, I, I see how this could work. Right. Right. Um. For uh, for a lot of people too, one one element of that that's tricky is um, I, I just spoke with a with a survivor of abuse in a religious setting, um, and you know she said, oh, we talked through the sexual side of it, and spot on, like really helpful, uh, really encouraging, and then we got to the conversation about church, you know, and like how did you know. Uh, like I said, I felt so uncomfortable going. I spent several years there after it happened, still attending the church. It was it was really traumatizing for me to be in there. And there, uh, the therapist they were seeing that with is like, well, why didn't you just stop going to that church? And uh, and she had to sit there and she said, like at that moment, I felt deflated because I had to explain all of the all of the context of how the religious environment I was was in. And I was sitting there across from the therapist and I was like, they just don't get it. Like they still don't get it. I can explain it, but they don't understand it. Um, yeah. You know, is it, is it normal to expect, you know, like a, a therapist who's outside of that context to necessarily understand that? Is it necessary for them to specifically understand your religious context in addition to it? Um, or, you know, are a lot of the principles pretty, pretty similar regardless? Like how, how important is it that they, understand that, that religious framework? I think the religious framework is fairly unique, but at the same time, I think if the therapist understands toxic experience or toxic, Mm. uh, or trauma bonds, that's a, that's a term that we use sometimes is the bond that happens or the bigger context, like you know, some people might say, I was talking about it over the holidays, like why somebody might ask, why would you go to a family event where your perpetrator is? Hmm. Because I love all the other people. Right. Right. You know? And so um, I would say, I mean, I obviously don't know that therapist, but I would say that's a, the likelihood that the therapist is actually going to ask questions and see if they can identify a connection to what they do understand is, is also pretty high, but 
to go back to what questions do you ask when you first call, you might say a couple of different things. If you are still a person who is in religious um, environments and still going to church and still, you know, like that, that's, that's not the thing. Like you're, you're good there. Like that's, Hmm. that's something that's still important to you. You're still in a, in a church community environment then you might want someone who is who is focused as what I call. I'm going to take a two second tangent and say there are Christian counselors and there are counselors who are Christians. Mm, yeah. And those are very different things. So that may be a tangent for another time. But, you know, if you're to know for yourself, do I need someone who actively is in those environments, potentially themselves, yeah. that might be really a helpful question to ask. Now, that may be something that the, the therapist might turn around and ask a question back, like what's helpful to you about me being in those environments, you know, mm-hmm. because it may not just be a checkbox. Somebody might ask me, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, are you, are you a Christian and are you, you know, these things? And I, and I say, "Mm, what does that mean to you? I will answer you, but what does it mean to you? Because people make assumptions about what it means based on their own experience. Sure. So I would say there's a um, fork in the road there. And that's a good question to clarify for yourself is whether you want someone who is actively in that community in a type of, you know, church, religious community, or whether they have experience with that. Right. Yeah. That might be a a distinguishing question. Yeah. Those are two very different things that I could see people being interested in. Cause I I've talked to both through my group, you know, I've talked to people who say, Mm -hmm. I absolutely don't want to go to anyone who's religiously affiliated or I want to go to someone who's religiously affiliated, but I also want them to be qualified. And sometimes there's a, a big gap. Like you said, there's a lot of Christian uh, counselors who are not true counselors that they are, you know, they're very well intentioned, but they're not qualified to be handling the conversations that, you know, someone who is an actual, you know, certified therapist who talks about trauma and talks about, you know, specific fields of, of mental health and, and can address it uh, properly. So, um, yeah. So what I, let me clarify one thing. So a question, if somebody were to ask the question, how much experience do you have with toxic religious experience or environments? That Mm. might be a real specific question. For the therapist, do you have experience with toxic religious environments? And that can, that can get a little bit clearer into, into that conversation with that therapist. Okay, cool. I I wanted to give, I wanted to give something concrete. Yeah, that's super helpful. That's, that's a a helpful question to ask. Um, And um, just for, as far as timeline, so um, obviously one meeting is not enough time to get to know someone and feel comfortable opening up. just timeline wise, once someone does start seeing somebody, maybe, you know, there's no red flags in that first meeting, they're kind of moving along. Like what should the expectations be over the next couple of weeks? Like, how do you know if you're hitting a dead end and you should probably consider trying someone else? Is it just all in your gut? Is it all kind of a, a sense of it? Um, I would say yes, your gut, but you're, you've hired this person. Hmm. So it's also important to speak that if you possibly can, 
Right. So to speak up and say, you know, last session, it was really helpful when you asked me this Hmm. or last session when you, when I, when I asked about this and you said, why don't you just not go <laughs> or yeah. why don't you just leave? That wasn't I felt helpful. Defla- yeah. Right. Yeah. I felt deflated and that you really didn't understand. And then, and then I would have to explain it all to you. Now that's stuff. I understand that's, that's tricky, but mm-hmm. keep in mind, you're hiring this person, you're paying this person, you're spending your time, energy, sometimes gas and you know, your, your hard earned, emotional energy on this situation. So I would say in the first, I usually tell people long-term kind of give it three months, depending Mm -hmm. on what, depending on what you're dealing with, depending on what you're working on. But in the first three sessions, you're going to get a sense of whether this is being helpful or not. You're going to walk away, you know, you might walk away irritated that they asked you something, Mm -hmm. or you might walk away angry that they pressed in a certain way that you weren't ready for, but, you know, but aren't you, are you also signing up for that? Like is, so your, your definition of helpful, in my opinion, shouldn't be that they're just um, kind of doing the hold your hand part. Right. The, the kick you in the butt part can take some time to build that trust. But at the same time, if I feel like if they're not challenging you, in certain areas and, and you're not a little uncomfortable, then you're probably not going to have the growth. And I I liken it to a personal trainer, like Mm. the personal trainers I've had, there's moments where, listen, I, I literally hate you. Yeah. I literally do not want (laughs) you to tell me to do anything else right now. And so there's a little bit of edge of that that should be there. Right. Right. No, that's, that's interesting. So is there, is there anything here? So as far as, you know, just how to find them, which is number one, I think that's super helpful. Like you listed a couple of resources for finding one and that alone, I think answers a lot of questions. You kind of talked about how to qualify them, you know, the length of building the relationship. What am I, as someone who is not a expert in this world, what is, what am I not asking about this process that you think would be helpful for someone to know uh, who's starting this kind of journey for the first time? Um, I don't know that, that you're not asking it, but what I would, what I, a couple things that I would offer is that you might want to think about it in terms of creating your own program, Mm -hmm. not just going to therapy. You might look at your life and say, you know, what are the, um, the things that I'm doing to support my physical health? What are the things that I'm doing to support you know, therapy might be the emotional, mental, psychological part. What are the things I'm doing to play? What are the things I'm doing to, you know, check on the, my physical health? Do I need to go make sure I've, you know, gone to the dentist and fix that, you know, because all of these systems to me go together. All it's all part about taking, taking care of yourself. And so if you notice that there's an area where, um, you know, you're really good at that. Like you're really good at taking care of your physical health by exercise, for instance, build on that, like approach therapy sort of with that in mind. Like I'm going to shore this, shore up this part of myself. And you might have to create a program to do that. 
And that might mean, you know, to me, that means um, nowadays, that means not only having a therapist, but maybe there's some people on Instagram that you follow, some therapists or some people who talk about these things, your group, the Facebook group, something like that. Um, having podcasts that you listen to or a book that you read, but you also give yourself some leeway to put it down when it's too much. But those are also things you can talk about in therapy. It was really helpful when I listened to this podcast about this, they talked about this topic and it really resonated with me. And you can go deeper more specifically with the therapist about that thing. So create your own program is something that I tend to suggest to people and create your own team. So your pastor might be part of your team. Your, um, you know, I think your doctor is part of your team and your, you know, who's on your financial team, who's on your, you know, do, do you have a personal trainer or a nutritionist or somebody who's looking out for you in those ways? So, so these teams and this program, think about it a little bit bigger than just the therapist. Right, right. It's not one thing to fix everything. It's kind of getting everything to work in alignment with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I know we're coming here toward the end of our, our end of our time. Um, and if if uh, Becca or Madeline, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, or if you wanna, if you wanna actually ask over video, that's fine as well. Um, but I know you had gone through Claire and looked at some of the common questions you know, conversations that were happening in the group and, you know, just kind of searching. Cause I, I've started a lot of threads about this and people have started threads about, about therapy. Um, I, I didn't know if you had any of those questions that really stood out. I know you mentioned some offline that kind of stood out to you. Do you want to address some of those for someone who might be watching this later who had asked or, or commented previously uh, with some of those thoughts or, or comments? Well, a couple of things that stand out, you know, people were asking questions about different approaches. Um, I got into, into the conversation about, um, emotion freedom technique and, um, you know, some people have talked about CBT lately, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and how it can be useful. Um, you know, people are talking about or asking questions. Well, one of the things I see a lot is definitely go to therapy, definitely go to therapy, definitely go to therapy. <laughs> And, um, and, and to, to bridge that gap can be pretty hard. So I, I say, you know, keep asking the questions and if you're not ready, keep, keep pressing yourself on, on what it is that you need to either find out or ask yourself or, and that, I mean, that's why we're here today is trying to create that space to kind of know what to be thinking about and do that kind of preliminary stuff. Um, I have seen some things around, you know, different, um, I've heard a lot of people say, make sure they're licensed, make sure they're licensed, make sure they're trained. Um, I've heard that that was, a, that's a big theme, which is, which is great, which is great. And I think that comes from our background where all of the counselors were not. <laughs> so I think everyone's tired of the, of the, uh, unqualified, like, well, just memorize this first. You're going to be good. You know, right, you're set. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first counseling experience was with the, what was he called? The, the congregational care person, hmm. you know, and my father, like we were, we were having some stuff and, you know, that's who we met with first. And when I think back on it, he was very well-intentioned and had a lot of experience in certain things, but it really, I mean, he and my father were also friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little tricky. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let me think real quick if there's other things. 
Yeah. Um, I, um, I have one while okay. you're thinking about that. Um, okay. One thing I would say, and I know there's a lot of people also well-intentioned that say, go to therapy, make sure you're in therapy, do this. For for those of us who are watching this or or who get connected to these things and start having this conversation, we can get pretty forceful with what people need to do. Like yeah. people who've experienced trauma, like go to therapy, read this book, download this podcast, talk to this person. Um, What's the best way to encourage somebody? You may have just kind of said this with what you just said, find out what you need to address, but what's the best way to talk to someone about going to therapy or, or thinking, you know, considering about taking on something like that? I think one of the best things you can say is I, I have my own therapy experience. And if you ever want to talk about it, I'm open. Mm. Or if you ever want to talk about, you know, some books that have been helpful to me, I'm glad to. But but when you get into, I mean, the reason we do that is because whatever the thing was, it was helpful. Right. You know, and we want, we want to, well, we want to sort of proselytize. <laughs> right. To, to win that, you know, to help that person to have the same relief. But the, re, the relief isn't the same when somebody else, you know, they have to find their own. Sure. And so we can make suggestions, but I think the way we say it is important. So being able to say, you know, I read this book and I'm glad to talk to you about it. I found it helpful. Um, I can even give you, you know, kind of a summary and just kind of, you know, these are the top three things that were helpful about it. And then if they pursue it, they pursue it. But everybody's had that experience where somebody says, you gotta (laughs) fill in the blank. And you're like, no, "Uh -uh." I don't. (laughs) So. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's re- that's really helpful. Were there, were there any more that popped out? If not, we can kind of we can kind of bring it to a close. But uh, were there any other ones that came to mind um, as you were scrolling through? Wasn't I know really a, a, oh, wasn't really a question, but I but I think there's um, there's also room for talking about terminology, hmm. like um, like what is what is a trauma therapist? Like what are the different types of trauma? you know, coming out of a cult, like we've, we've used that terminology, you know, um, things like, uh, um, generational trauma is something that I wrote down and, um, just these different, different religious trauma, like, you know, what are, what are, what are some words and some concepts that, that we are probably, whether you've been to therapy or not, you're dealing with, if you've been in these Mm. situations, if you've been in these, in these um, environments. So, you know, what's the lingo, what's the vocabulary. So I've seen people use different vocabulary and I don't always know whether the other people in the, in the chat know what that thing means. Right. Right. Um, What's, what's maybe a good resource to kind of understand some of that terminology. Is there, is there a place to kind of like, Dig, I mean, obviously you can Google or you can, you know, what is this? What are people talking about? But like, is there maybe a, maybe a book or resource that would be helpful in kind of identifying, you know, some of the terminology people are using or getting familiar with some of that lingo? Um, I have one. I think it's, I'm not sure how old it is. I, I picked it up the other day and I was thinking about this conversation and I actually left it on the table, but um. I think it's kind of old, but it's called, I think, I think it's called the therapy source. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. 
Um, and it goes into like, what does a psychiatrist do? What does a social worker do? You know, some of the things that I've sort of highlighted a little bit, but it goes a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't have another resource. I would just say kind of treat it like anything else. Like go find, go Google it, read three, three blog posts or whatever on it, get a sense of, get a sense of it. And then maybe ask somebody who knows a little more. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, this just raised one more question for me and then we can, we can kind of close out, but I think also, um, I think talking to people like, like talking with you has helped me understand a lot. Um, you know, and I, and just personally, like the way that I process things, the way that I've, you know, heard people reference different things. And I think, one thing that I would say is helpful is like it, it gets easy to, to hear someone use a label or a term and apply it to yourself or, or someone applies it to you and you just accept it. Like, Oh yeah, that's probably what's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, And there's been things like that where then I'll listen to someone like you, or I'll read through, you know, like I'm reading through, you know, I read through when the body keeps the score, you know, read through books like that. And uh, they made a really good point in that book of like, you know, it's easy to just diagnose somebody with something and a lot of people self-diagnose themselves or have a family member that says, Oh, you're just, you know, you're just bipolar. You're this, they'll, they'll throw labels at people. And um, I think that's kind of one part where I think talking with a professional too can help you kind of unpack that and say like, Hey, I've always been told that I'm this. And it's like, you can sit down with someone and they could say, you're not bipolar. That person just was always pushing on your trigger points to make you react. And that was their way of kind of, kind of passing it off or, or passing the blame to you. So um, yeah, again, I think that's a great thing. Like you said, researching it, but also that's one of the benefits of therapies. You get to actually find out really what it is that's causing this, you know, what right. is the the root of the problem, but right. um, yeah. So, so having, you know, another good topic for us would be like, what are the different ways to use therapy? Hmm. Like how, what are the different types of things that we tend to talk about or have questions about or, um, or to address? I mean, we can address these bigger things, but they're, you know, it's being able to say, you know, I was in, I don't know why I use the grocery store all the time. It's just such a good day to day thing. Right. Um, you know, I was in the grocery store the other day and I noticed that, like this is a this is a thing for me. I was I was in the cereal aisle and it was completely overwhelming. Hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> right. You know, like and and having the therapist help you give some context to that. I now know that if I'm overwhelmed by the cereal aisle, my depression is probably kicking off. Yeah. If that makes any sense, because there's right. too many choices to sort through, and I know my brain starts getting a little sluggish. Yeah. So that's something that just to give a concrete example of like, like, I don't understand why I reacted this way or I didn't get that this bothered me Mm. because in my head, I know it's not true. Right. Right. No, that's, that's really helpful. And um, yeah, I, I hope for anybody watching anybody on the replay, I know there's some people watching through Facebook, some people watching through here. Um, you know, I, I want to let this, I want to let this sit for, for a couple of days and really get a sense of, of the questions people are asking. And this is, this is really the first step in kind of trying to provide a, um, you know, an actual resource to kind of start helping people think in the right direction. Um, a lot of times, you know, when I started the show, the show, the point was to expose 
issues and to talk about things that weren't being talked about. And now they are. And now the conversation is naturally progressing to where people are asking me questions that are beyond my pay grade. Um, and, and asking for, how do I find a therapist? How do I deal with the legal side of some of this? And uh, bringing people on uh, like Claire, who've just, I mean, I just have built good rapport with, and I've really been impressed by the way that you handle these conversations. Um, it's just something I want to keep doing. So be sure whether you're watching this on replay, whether you're watching it uh, now, just drop a comment, you know, feel free to send me a message if you want to keep it private and just let me know what would be most helpful. I know both of us would like to do some more things like this um, and even get more hyper-focused, but this is like our first dipping the toe in kind of sampling it out and just seeing what the response is. Yeah. Are y'all interested? Uh, is this something that would be helpful? Would some of the things that we kind of earmarked as like bigger topics, would that, would that be useful to have a right. further conversation about? Right. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. And and I, I just want to say, Claire, thank you so much for, for coming on and for taking the time to do this. And I know, um, I know I take a lot of your time whenever we get on the phone and I, I ask a million questions and it's, it's, it's just awesome. Like this, the stuff you cover is so understandable and um, just really, really, really helpful. So, so thank you so much. Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate everybody for jumping on and watching. I know this was kind of our uh, short notice in a, in a first one of these, but uh, hopefully we can get these on some kind of regular schedule and start kind of trying out some topics like this, but uh, appreciate everyone. And I'll see you on the next one. Uh, you have one more thing, <laughs> Claire, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I just, because I oftentimes when, when we have these kind of conversations, people ask, Right now I'm full, I'm booked up. Okay. Yes. That <laughs> and is good to and that's, that's why that's part of why I want to do this is to, to be able to help people get to the right people. Yeah. And so that's not to like toot my own horn <laughs> that I'm, you know, my case is full, but Busy. I just want to, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, yeah, especially with COVID um, just wanted to kind of put that out there that I want to be a resource here and, and, and help people bridge to, to find the right people. I'm not here to, to get work myself, I guess yeah. is, a, is a way to put it too. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, that's a good thing to just mention is like, this is just purely to help. Um, and, um, if people do want to follow you just to see, cause some of the stuff you post is oh, yeah. helpful. Um, what's the best place to connect with you and just see some of your work as you, as you post about it. Yeah. ATL shrink on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I, <laughs> I told Eric two's, two's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, and I have a colleague and I run some, um, we're doing a, we've, we've been doing a series called reset and it's resetting your life after sexual trauma. So, you know, that might be a good resource for people. Um, I haven't been as, as active on Facebook lately, but, um, definitely Instagram and, um, but Facebook's ATL shrink also. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and shut off the broadcast now, but I appreciate everybody for jumping on. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.